Welcome to the Super Colorful Original Telecommunicated Transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. I am joined today by fan favorite Ian Dixon, and we've got a walloping good show prepared for you. We're going to learn a lot today. I Maybe. feel. <laughs> we're going to learn a lot about something. We did prepare, sort of. Yeah, we're going to learn a lot about whether preparation really does us a good service or not. Yeah. Because case in point, last pod, we kind of just sat at the table, mm-hmm. went at it. This pod, we've got two sheets full of all sorts of topics and thoughts, and not just links to current events, trendy little events that are happening in the news. No, but stuff of our own creation. Ian, I think I, th- I think you sent like a record amount of stuff, just like <clears throat> IPA thoughts, stream of conscious. Yeah, it's going to be a delve into my conscious or subconscious. I don't know which. A little of both, I think. Yeah, that's where we want to be. Because yeah. if it's too subconscious, then it's just a little wacky Nonsense, yeah. Although we're going to get there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get to the edge of that. <laughs> if any of these topics um, truly read as much as... Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm looking at them. Ah, don't you wish you were me, audience member, already gazing upon the wonder that is this episode? So, before we begin, though, David, right as we hit record, mm-hmm. sent in... A voicemail to a voicemail bag. A type of email bag. Yes. It's an email bag that you do email with your Email adjacent mouth. bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it gets the same horn. I'm not changing the horn. So we like to play email bag or voicemails from people mm-hmm. when we get them. And if you'd like to voicemail in and have a shot at being in the pod, we listen to all of them. We screen most of them. This one's fresh, though. This one's fresh, though. It's going to be a surprise when we edit it out later. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is totally not making it in. (laughs) But uh, if you want to chip in, all you have to do is call uh, the new number, which is easy to remember. Mm. 1-615-PODKING. P-O-D-K-I-N-G. Call your PODKING, because we are a good PODKING, and we have a hotline. (laughs) So, what do you think David has to say? We're kind of... Getting close to 100. Mm -hmm. You think he's throwing down the gauntlet and setting a challenge for us? Yeah, like for some reason he really needs to be on this podcast. He can't can't stay away from it for too long because he knows if he stays too long away from it by episode 100, there's going to be some game thing and he's going to lose again, embarrassing himself like he did in episode 25. And 50. And in 50. No, 50 he won, didn't he? Was there a little bit of a redemption story to him? Sneaky B won. I don't remember. With David. But it was such an insignificant contest, it's almost (laughs) like he lost. (laughs) Because no one remembers that one. Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, we got a message here. It's two minutes and five seconds long. I didn't even know you could record that long of a voicemail. But we're going to go ahead and have a little listen. All right. See what he has to say to us. Hey, Ian. Sneaky D here. Got a message for you. Cooking shows are all the rage. I heard you've been cooking up some beef, talking smack about my nutrition show, and I gotta clear a few things up. Number one, tell Scott it's not David's awesome and masculine nutrition show. It's not the name of my cooking show. It's not even a cooking show, it's a nutrition show, okay? It's the David's Awesome and Manly Nutrition Podcast. D to the double A to the M to the N. Damn! That's how you pronounce it. Number two, <laughs> it's damn. No, it's damn. That's right. Number three, 
You think you're all high and mighty just because you released episode one of Ian's Cult Kitchen. But I got news for you, brother. You're not the only food god in town. I'm coming to claim your title. I'm coming for you, brother. Forget Foodcast. This is going to be Foodcast. I challenge you to a cook-off. That's right. You and me going to see who can out-shame Scott's awful diamond, because that's just sad. That's right. And Scott, I'm coming for you too, brother. We might be buds. What the fuck? But we aren't taste buds. It's going to be a free-for-all, every-man-for-himself battle royale. Whose cuisine will reign supreme? Now, keep in mind, the last competition we did was rigged. So don't expect this to be so easy. They say revenge is a dish best served cold. Well, if that's the case, I got an ice-cold double IPA ass whooping coming your way in a frosted glass. I'm going to sneaky destroy you. So be ready, because come episode 100, it is on. Uh, so, uh, so just give me a shout if you guys are down to pod tomorrow. Uh, do a beer run or whatever. Uh, have a blessed day. <laughs> All right. Um, so <laughs> that is David. He's really throwing the gauntlet down, and he's really expecting episode 100 to be based around our little food shows that we've done. Yeah. The one that David hasn't done yet. And also maybe wrestling. <laughs> and wrestling. <laughs> Got some Hulk Hogan vibes there. Yeah, or, or Randy the Macho Man Savage, maybe? Mm. No. He said brother too much. Oh, there were some brothers in there? I think that was a, okay. a Hogan thing. That's a Hogan thing, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's always disturbing, like, seeing Hulk Hogan without his hat on. Have you seen that? Just the baldness and, like, the long hair? Yeah. Disturbing. Yeah. He took down Gawker Network, the whole thing, because they published some propaganda on him, mm-hmm. some uh, e-news story mm-hmm. talking about trash or something. Sued them. Gone. They were like every single article on the internet for a little bit. Mm-hmm. For like a period of time in the 2000s. Yeah. Took him down by Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I mean... Do you think David's going to try to take you down that hard? I think he's going to try. He definitely sounds spirited. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem, David. Uh, you're just assuming that you can call in and form the basis of this competition out of thin air. No one said it was going to be about food. Just because we all happen to have food-based entertainments at the moment being offered. Mine's on Patreon. Ian's is somewhat public if you can find it. (laughs) We need to set up the YouTube channel. I can't even find it. I don't know. So we we need to get a YouTube channel going for you. And David's doesn't even exist at all. Yeah. In in concept it does. Yeah, in concept it does. And in I think the most content that's been out regarding his podcast mm-hmm. was that voicemail message. Yeah. Which I have to just completely shoot down. It's we're not doing a food based feud cast on episode one hundred, maybe a segment, but I don't know. He's definitely taking it personal that mm-hmm. Then he was last of the party with the food stuff. Last of the party with the food stuff. That he lost 25. He called it a rigged competition. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I remember you just outperforming him in every measure. Yeah. You know, and in episode 50, I feel like we just gave it to him because he was crying so much. But, <clears throat> well, you know, we'll, we'll just have to settle it out. Although, 
there is an aspect of this that I appreciate, and I think I'm going to take him up on. Mm-hmm. I should be a participant. No longer the overarching God, I will come down from my lofty perch mm-hmm. and uh, enter the arena with my co-hosts, and we will all battle it out. For we, were all, we are all seasoned heroes of podcasters. True. You know? And maybe, maybe the winner of this, for the next hundred episodes... It is their reign. We changed the name of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Ian Cast, David Cast, Scott Cast. Will I reign supreme for another hundred episodes? Long live the Pod King, or will I fail and have to give the throne to the rightful heir, the winner of episode one hundred? Mm. Yes, Feudcast. That's why we call it Feudcast because it replaces the name in place of the battle. Whoever comes out victorious wins. Yeah. We all know that I was the true winner of 25 and 50. <laughs> 50, I got muffins and, and, and uh, cupcakes because mm-hmm. it was my birthday. So I had to win. And 25, I won because uh, I didn't have to eat the bugs. That's true. Yeah. So Scott Casperian Supreme, episode upon episode. Mm-hmm. I think the only way we can really put some tension into that episode, after 100 episodes of just our inane babble, I got to... I got to be willing to put skin in the game. Yeah. Real skin. Well, how would you take Scott Cast if it became Ian Cast? Would it be a lot like this episode here? Oh, man. I don't know if I'd want that. I'd throw the competition. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't handle the responsibility of being Pod King? Nah. Yeah, no, I'm just, I don't, I don't like the spotlight that much. We are a pod. Would you just shut it down like you win? So. <laughs> No more That's the end of that. (laughs) (laughs) Or episode 101 is Feudcast 3. (laughs) We'll just keep feuding until I get it back. Yeah. I could throw it for a good seven episodes, you know? Yeah, I don't know what that would look like. I, uh, probably a lot like today, but I don't think I could keep, keep that up at the clip that we've been posting that's just it. You become the pod king. The pod lives and die by its king. You yeah. know? So if in your world, what is rightful of podcasting is that we podcast once a year and don't talk about it, <laughs> <laughs> then so be it. That yeah. is how the pod shall live. You know, some kings are terrible. Some are great. Mm-hmm. I happen to be a good pod king. Neither one of the two polarities, but, you know, like the Scandinavian countries like Switzerland. Yeah. You know, just good. Well, I don't think that's Scandinavia, technically, but... I don't know what the, any of that <laughs> crap is. <laughs> I stay in America, damn it. <laughs> so, there you go. If you want to call into ScottCast and uh, completely derail all plans, mm-hmm. you can just call in to 1615PodKing and leave your own message just like David did. Yeah. Right? Not too bad. We've got plenty of content to talk about. So let's get to talking, man. Okay. You were telling me that you had a... You were shopping for life insurance because you get some sort of birthday discount. I had a question about that. Shoot. Would your life insurance have a policy related to you being the main co-host of ScottCast? Or do I need to come up with an insurance policy for myself? Like, for instance, life insurance, it's like if you die, you know, your family's taken care of. Yeah. Well, come on, ScottCast is your family, and we don't need money. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, or anything like that. We need we need a co-host. Yeah. So, is there anything in this insurance policy that you were talking about um, related to replacing yourself, just in case you should meet your final destiny? In I don't think they could uh, replicate my 
my style. Um, but I guess I could name Scott Cast as the beneficiary and like instead of Brian, use, you could use the money to develop a an AI that was moderately resembled me. I don't know. Or just to wipe my tears away. <laughs> yeah. You can do that too. Um hundred dollar bills. But I wasn't really shopping for insurance is kind of Okay. Why that was a thought that made it onto my list of uh, random thoughts that I compiled. Okay. Um, they, I don't remember who it was through. It was some company or it was like, my bank was like, hey, you're getting old guy. You should uh, give us money in case you die. And I felt like that was really intrusive on my birthday. <laughs> was it like, did it arrive on your birthday? Was it that good? It was around about that time. I don't remember exactly. Okay. Um. But how presumptive, like, I'm trying to enjoy my day, and they're sending me this shit in the mail, and it's like, hey, remember how you're going to die? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, dear, you're in, like, hey, we're going to ruin your big day. You should, uh, should give us money in case you die. <laughs> they're like, dear Ian Dixon, uh, you're in your 30s, <laughs> and we have an offer for you. But first consider this. Your life has been long. And you have done many good things. <laughs> <laughs> but it will not be long before you are dead, and we all mourn you. Mm-hmm. How will your how will your loved ones continue on? Yeah, so you're a marketing guy. Mm-hmm. Um what do you feel about that idea, like the birthday discount? For something like, like a life said, insurance? It, it, for me it ruined my day. I mean not really. Because I don't care, but... Well, there's two different types of birthday discounts you can kind of see here. Mm. The one that normally people talk about is, like, they go to Starbucks and they get, like, a crazy frap or something. Yeah. You know? I think it's either free or, like, for two bucks or something. hmm This one is a little different. This one is like, hey, we know people don't like their birthdays at this age. And life insurance is all about poking your little pain points, the worst ones they can, mm-hmm. because you're literally just putting money away for for dying. Yeah. You know, you're just preparing to die. Mm-hmm. So they do not want you to feel good. If you feel good, you're not thinking about dying. <laughs> <laughs> and they need you to think about dying. Yeah. So. So you're saying this is a, a it was all on purpose. good marketing practice. You it would, was good. Uh, you would endorse that. For their business and their purposes and their strategy, it works. It mm-hmm. falls in line. For the morale of the world, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess you should be prepared for yeah. stuff and all that. But yeah, there should be decorum about a man's birthday. Yeah, you know, like you don't you don't complain to a to somebody on their birthday. Mm-hmm. You hold it back right. at least a couple notches. Yeah, you know. You don't you don't distress them. You, you you give them cake and you bitch at them tomorrow. This is not bitching at you tomorrow, or maybe it is literally. But there should be like a good postal week mm-hmm. before negative messaging like this. After that, it's a free for all. Yeah, it's like you're this old and a week. And that's how <laughs> they should put it. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Not, yeah, I I agree with that. I think there's other times of year that um, beckon to our our contemplating our morale mortality that. Uh, Maybe it would be a better time for a discount, like around the holidays. Yeah, like around Christmas when you want to die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get myself some life insurance. I'm going to make my death good. 
I don't think my debt's going to be all that expensive. Like, usually it's, I mean, you can set the amount and, like, pay extra for, to actually have your family be set. But most of the time, it's, like, to cover funeral costs and stuff. And, I mean, we've talked about this before, that I'm not really all that particular about what happens to my body. No, no, you're very much not. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't think it's going to be all that expensive. I'm, uh... Got Just, that organ donor stamp on my license, so they can take most of what's good. Whatever's not good, they can just, I don't know, show the med students, be like, oh, see that liver? This guy drinks too much. Don't do that. That's a bad liver. There's one thing this body's good for. <laughs> Send it to the necrophiliac recovery house. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, I'm not going to buy life insurance. No buy for the life insurance. No buy. No. Okay. That's fair. But now that you know, now that we brought it up, uh, if you ever do get life insurance, mm-hmm. you're thinking about dying, don't stop thinking about me. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, we recently had Fat Tuesday roll about in Hamtramck. That's kind of a big deal. It's yeah. kind of a it's kind of an economic boom of a holiday in Hamtramck. For sure. We've got all the Polish people here. They like to cook up the punchkis. Mm-hmm. Delicious punchkis. I like a good punchki. They're they're not the most uh, uh, delicatessen item you can purchase in a pastry shop. I don't want to be a stickler, but you're you're doing it wrong. Uh, what's that? Punchki is plural already. Oh, a lot right. of people do that. Punchek. 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 Singular. Yes. Okay. Okay. I didn't actually didn't know the distinction which one was which. <laughs> I just say the one that I always hear. Yeah. Anyway, punchek. I'll put a punchek in a coffee. I'll put a punchek in my mouth afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yes. Not the best pastry. I don't want to have it every day. Mm-hmm. And another thing I don't want to do is stand in line. Because the New Palace Bakery in town, people stand in line for upwards of two hours just to get a couple boxes of donuts. Yeah. It's silly. It is. Especially, yeah. It's, I just don't want to be... Because they're outside half the time. The place is like the size of a... Size smaller of a, than this room. Smaller than this room. Everyone look around. <laughs> <laughs> Smaller, so um, yeah, I just didn't go and get one. Did you have a Did you have a Poonchek experience? Um, I just like I got one because someone brought them to work, but I didn't go out of my way to get any. Um, but I noticed that it's kind of getting out of hand. Like it's not just a Hamtramck thing anymore. It's like Greater Detroit goes fucking crazy on Fat Tuesday. Like the whole idea of Poonchki was like you're preparing for Lent. You're going to be fasting or giving up the extravagances of you know your your everyday life mm-hmm. and so it was kind of a way to to conserve you're you're using up your fats and your sugars and you're gonna play it easy after this tuesday right mm-hmm. um so the the punch key is extravagant in itself and all the restaurants in the the detroit area seem to be playing it up like extra like, not only do we have this this punch check, but we're gonna make a burger out of it. Ooh. <laughs> or we're gonna make a coney dog out of it. Oh and now I want um, one. There was a there's a distillery in Eastern Market that made uh punchki infused vodka. There's okay. Punchki porter. That from, I don't uh, get brew Detroit. <laughs> like Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The vodka is infused with punchki? Yes. How does that even how does that even translate? Apparently, it tastes just like punchki. Huh. 
they just threw in like a couple dozen from New Palace in the uh, distilling process. And apparently it, uh, I mean, that's extra sugar. So I guess it'd be more booze. I don't know. Maybe. But yeah. So this already extravagant thing becomes like even more disgusting and horrible for you. And because it's, it's just a, it's, it's, it's basically the world's worst donut boiled in lard. Yeah. It's about a thousand five hundred calories each. Mm hmm. And yeah, I think if you eat three, you die. <laughs> it's just it's just a rule. Yeah. Maybe that's why they were giving me the uh, the life insurance discount. They knew I was living in Hamtramck. It's punch gays coming up. Mm-hmm. He eats like one or two of these things. He's probably <laughs> yeah. He's gonna. He's just gonna. His his artery's gonna visibly clog from yeah. the outside. But so it, it seems like the idea of conserving and like the last hurrah it's really being taken to an almost the opposite mindset and that it's like just completely uh hedonistic yeah bunch of barbarians out there precisely what are they doing like just 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 the just the extravagant like food like the just the punchki or is I it mean, like the Mardi is enough it's like you said it's like 1500 calories well, this is like Mardi Gras in New Orleans. It's like the same thing, except True. people are now, they're like doing it in the streets. Gotta get all your sins out and... All the sin. I don't think they understand the sin thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Lenten traditions are weird. They are. And yeah, so not only do we have like these ridiculous punchki-themed foodstuffs, but around town there's like this this anthropomorphized punchek. There is? You see the guy in the punchki suit? They did like the Punchki run, the little uh, oh. 5K, and oh, there was yeah. like a dude in a, yeah. yeah, he's dressed up like a Punchki, and he's eating fucking Punchki. This cannibal, anthropomorphized Punchek. I mean, that's a common thing in advertising, man. <laughs> it, that's true. I, Why is that? I made a little list here. Um, Mr. Peanut, right? Mm -hmm. Advertising the eating of peanuts. Starkest mm -hmm. tuna fish. Mm -hmm. It's a little dirty tuna fish with a beret. <laughs> like pointing at itself being like mm, eat this and um i was googling mm. about cannibalism because i was just like uh is cannibalism when was it illegal i heard it wasn't uh legal uh illegalized or criminalized mm -hmm. until recently because who thinks to criminalize that yeah turns it's out kind of assumed yeah th that's exactly the thing though turns out cannibalism uh isn't illegal mm. Except in Idaho. In, in Idaho, it's illegal. Okay. But any other state, cannibalism by itself is not illegal. However that goes. Uh, I guess they get you with other things like uh, desecrating a corpse or something like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Title 18, Chapter 50, Mayhem title uh, in, in Idaho. Mayhem. It's okay if it's the only means of survival. It's called the Mayhem Law. Okay. Uh, otherwise, it's only up to 14 years if proven guilty. For cannibalism. Which brings me to uh, what's Idaho's main export? Potatoes. Yeah. And guess what? The Idaho Potato Commission, uh, they have a mascot and it's called Spuddy Buddy. And it is a spud. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think um, they should change? Because in Idaho, they don't, they don't sit well with cannibalists. Yeah. I mean, and it's like the superhero there. Mm -hmm. That's like Superman. Being a cannibal. Yeah. They should, uh, they should think about that. They should arrest it or mm -hmm. change it. Something. How about the uh, Idaho Potato Commission's mascot um, 
make it a potato farmer called Spuddy Buddy. Yeah. It turns not? out he was just always wearing a potato suit. <laughs> 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 and he took it off because he thought it was weird mm. when people started calling him a cannibal. Like they can have a whole advertising campaign based on that premise alone. Mm. You would start buying Idaho potatoes if you saw an ad on Hulu and it was Spuddy Buddy receiving an email being like, you're a sick cannibal and we're coming after you. We're going to arrest you in Idaho, the mayhem law, title 18, chapter 50. We're going to throw the book at you, Spuddy Buddy. And then you just look at Spuddy Buddy directly in the camera and he unzips and he's this burly Idaho potato farmer. Mm -hmm. He's like, I was just trying to sell potatoes. The logo of the Spud Commission and then fade to black. Yeah. Got a lot of marketing questions today. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I feel like I solved any <laughs> lagging in the Spud community. <laughs> <laughs> if there is any reason to sell Idaho potatoes a little harder this season, mm-hmm. that is the way to go. People would, I, I would, I would be exclusively eating Idaho mashed potatoes every, uh, every night. Yeah. A little pat of butter, a little bit of salt. Mm-hmm. That's dinner. I'm making mountains here. Yeah. So we're we're anti cannibalism here. Anti cannibalism. Uh I guess I had other thoughts about Lent. You do. You you're you're pretty anti all those kind of traditions. <laughs> especially particularly of the Catholic vein. Well, just like Fat Tuesday, I think the whole Lenten season's kind of missing the mark about the original intent and in that um it's it's pretty common to like don't eat meat during Lent, or at least Fridays now, because who can not eat meat forever, right? For 40 days. Right. Who are we, vegetarians? <laughs> right. But uh, so Fridays, meat's off limits, and people do fish instead. <laughs> meat's off limits, unless it's this meat. <laughs> yeah, so it's also meat. Um, but also, the reason it was fish back in the day was because... This is like pre-refrigeration, pre-mass transit. Everybody lived by the water. Fish was pretty easy to come by. Mm -hmm. Meat was an extravagance. That was for the rich folk. Oh, okay. So you don't eat meat because it costs more. You save money. You donate the money you save to the poor. What costs more now? Fish. Fish. (laughs) So now we're going to eat scallops tonight because... (laughs) For Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's not about modesty or uh, like thinking of your fellow man anymore. It, we just do it because that's what people do because it's the tradition. But the tradition, traditions should change as the culture change or as the, uh, the society changes, right? It should have at least have like a grasp it on should, the original should, meaning. Yes, exactly. It should play to the same kind of thought process and yeah. spirit. Not this, just doing it because we're doing it. So it really should be like rice and beans day. It's like that's your basic sustenance. It's cheap as fuck. And then do something nice for someone. Donate your money or whatever. But whatever. That's not what we do. No. No, instead uh, we show our tits off in New Orleans (laughs) and eat uh, 1,500 calorie donuts. Mm -hmm. Why not? You know? Ours is a ours is a civilization of decadence, right? It certainly the United is. States. Yeah. That's kind of what we do. Mm-hmm. We're the first like culture in history to have the problem of too much food, too much obesity, mm-hmm. 
too much of this. Like, I think that also makes us the first um, species in history to have that problem <laughs> as well. Because, like, you don't see, like, uh, chimpanzees, like, morbidly obese. True. In the, in the jungle. Yeah. Like, oh, they had access to way too many berries. Only domesticated animals. I, I was noticing on my walk-in to here um, that your neighbor had a cat on the porch that was pretty robust. Was it orange? Yes. Oh, I hate orange cat. <laughs> <laughs> they have a messed up face. Um, I didn't really look at the face. It yeah. was watching me walk up. Mm-hmm. I just was noticing its mass, and I wanted to give it a little squeeze. Orange cat's a little bastard. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want to squeeze. I bet not. He wants to destroy you and your cats. Mm-hmm. And he wants to destroy your cats in front of you. Mm-hmm. Orange cat is a terrible member of this here clouder. We're only seeking vengeance. So you you tell me you've never met a chad that didn't look like butthead. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> um do, do you like ever are there any names that you just associate with something? Hmm. Like I imagine when you hear the words the name Scott, you think like greatness, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's easy. <laughs> Like I think, th- I think other names have connotations like that. And for me, Chad, every Chad I've ever met looked like Butthead from Beavis and Butthead. They got like the hair lip and the beady eyes and like too big forehead. Good <laughs> Christ! <laughs> every Chad I've ever met, and that's just what comes to mind when I hear that name. You know, I'm sure there's Chads that are like pretty normal looking dudes. In fact, on the internet, there's this whole subculture that uh, refers to Chads as handsome individuals who get ladies and steal them away right? from like uh, normal. I've never nice met a Chad guys. that looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> right? They all look like inbred morons. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Interesting. I Well, I've compiled a, l- like a little bit of information about this topic here mm. for for our analysis. So, um, in your world, every single Chad looks like butthead, the hair lip, the beady eyes, <laughs> you said, and large forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, in the world, there are 229,000 Chads alive. Average age, around 38. Mm-hmm. For comparison's sake, it's about the amount of people traveling through O'Hare in a day. And all of them look like butthead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're a chat out there listening, you can send us a picture and we'll reevaluate our, our thesis. But Send a picture and send a voicemail so that we know you're not stupid. Yeah. Um, to, to be fair, I'm, I'm working from a small sample size. There's, uh, How many chads have you met of the 229,000? Three. Okay. <laughs> but they were all, they matched that description. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Maybe you blocked out the memory of any other kind of chad. Maybe I've, I've met chads in passing that i didn't know were chads i don't know right but did, did, did these hair lip chads did they hurt you no do they bother you it's not nice description they weren't assholes or anything they just that's butthead's kind of an asshole right as a character or they do they behave like him or are they just not blessed? Um, well i lived across the street from a chad when i was growing up <laughs> and he he had to laugh too <laughs> he's gonna yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, he was, he was never like a dick, but, um, yeah. You see, in, I, I've kind of got something similar with the butthead face. Um, really, I, 
it's a grotesque face. There's this picture on the internet of uh, a rendering of Butthead mm. as like a human face. Mm. Like I've seen like real. the Homer Simpson one that's terrifying. Yeah, it's it's as bad as that and worse because it's exactly how you described it. <laughs> and the head is like massive compared to the body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a really grotesque thing. Mm. But uh, with that said, I always kind of like... I didn't see it so much as a hair lip as I kind of saw it as like uh like like a teenager like a with braces mouth breather like, you know, mouth breather yeah. it kind of re- forgive me family but uh it kind of reminded me of my brother when he was a teenager mm. cuz cuz he also had that kind of sarcastic uh under the breath mm-hmm. humor yeah. biting humor that butthead did he's much smarter than butthead mm-hmm. if i had to guess <laughs> but that laugh and the lip thing. Yeah. Just perfect representation. It's like an archetype. It is. You know, of whatever the hell. Um, Maybe Eric Trump should have been a Chad. Eric Trump is definitely a butthead Chad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could definitely see that. Because mm-hmm. he does, he has them. It's, it's the way you carry that upper lip. Yeah. It's all about that upper lip. Yep. Something about it. Like. If you don't keep that upper lip tame, uh, you might have an attitude problem. The opposite said of Larry David. Larry David is always exposing his teeth. Mm. Like, if you watch him in Kirby Enthusiasm, uh, you will never not see his teeth Mm. when he's talking. Never. I've never paid that much attention to his mouth area. Sibel pointed it out, and I can't stop looking at it. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost too much. Yeah. So it's the opposite of the butthead. Oh, yeah. And anyways, I was talking about it, how it was like an archetype. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that it kind of leads into our next thing. Mm-hmm. You've been having work anxiety dreams. Yeah. I don't know how many archetypes we can pick out of that, but... um, Well... Did you dream of butthead? Kind of the the basis of the dream is like... I feel like everyone I've ever talked to about dreams has had that dream where you're like in school... And it's finals time, and you realize that you've never been to this class in the finals today. You had that dream? Yeah. Yeah. Something similar. That pressure, and you're yeah. prepared. It's like, oh, I should have been doing this the whole time, and I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was sort of like the, the template of the work dream. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it was like uh, it was like an episode of Glee if David Lynch had directed it. okay like everyone just broke into song randomly instead of talking but also people were like just had weird deformities and would like do things that didn't make sense and i think one of my co-workers had like a like a mouth on his chest like an open dragon mouth it looked like he was about to breathe fire out of his stomach uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I got caught in my own head inside my dream, um, picking apart like how I process phonics, probably because Brown was talking to me about like, okay, her. wait, so you're in your dream, you're in this dream universe mm-hmm. and you're looking at this guy with the dragon coming out of his stomach and singing at me, singing at you <laughs> some horrid tune, I imagine. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of show tunesy. You think about phonics. And you're thinking about how this relates to your dream interpreting in the middle of your dream. 
Yeah. And, and now we're interpreting your dream interpretation. It's like inception. Your in dream, dream interpretation. Yeah. This is dream interpretation, interpretation. Yes. Okay. So what were you thinking phonic wise with this thing? So I was like, man, his chest looks like a dragon. And then I got to thinking about how uh, in the Midwest here, like mm-hmm. Michigan, I'm told we have accents. I, I don't notice it because I grew up here and it's just, we talk how we talk. I guess people from the South don't know that they have Southern accents. I don't know. But we kind of talk fast and like kind of blend stuff together when it doesn't need to be. We have almost a drawl, but not like a slow drawl, like a fast drawl. We can have a slur. Yeah. <laughs> And I thought about how D's sometimes sound like like a J sound, like a J dragon. Mm-hmm. And somehow that, that became Vag Dragon. Vag Dragon. So you were just like looking and at it. It kind of looked like a vagina. It was like open mouth. Ooh. And it like, like it was kind of a, you know, what shape is that? Oval? Not really. <laughs> of the shape of a vagine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Vaginal shaped. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a vaginal shaped dragon coming out of this person's uh, mm. belly, quote, yeah. which I think maybe it's not belly, if it's a vag. It was a male. It was a male? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, but I don't, I don't know. know. It <laughs> doesn't sound like one to me. <laughs> There's one thing that really uh, uh, screams female to me, and that's giant vagina. Yeah. Well... So that was my notes from the dream. I feel like there was more to it, but I can't recall at this point. This was just like literally just basic notes of thoughts throughout the week that I took. Okay. I mean, but like, I can see that. I think it's just, it points more to like your desire to understand yourself, Mm -hmm. that you're literally stopping your train of thought in your dream of this fantastic nightmare scape to be like, hmm. Maybe this is my brain interpreting the Maybe I need to get laid. (laughs) Also, I need to get laid. (laughs) By this weird dragon man? (laughs) With a giant... (laughs) I don't know. There's a lot to be dissected here. If you have thoughts about (laughs) Ian's dream, I normally don't even weigh in on dreams. Yeah. Um, When Sabelle starts telling me about her dreams, I I just go back to sleep. <laughs> because dreams to me is just like they always seem so random. Mm-hmm. Nobody else really can like get into them. I allowed this dream only because in the text you did include the term Vaz Dragon with nothing telling me how it came about. Yeah. I'm glad that I learned more about this art. It, it is an archetype. I think that's your job right now. Mm-hmm. As like a well-learned man with these crazy imagery dreams Mm -hmm. develop a new encyclopedia of archetypes Mm -hmm. with purely all your bizarre things is vag screaming metal man um the archetype for mother in your universe i say yes maybe possibly but i think you can do the work connect carl carl jung young i don't know how to say his name young like do that to the modern world I'm telling you. Yeah. So I'm sorry if that wasn't as, uh, I don't know what the word is. Probably wasn't what you were expecting. I don't think I was expecting anything when the keyword was vag drag. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can expect anything with yeah, that. Well. <laughs> like only in the sense that uh, vag dragon, what could it possibly be? 
But it's a dragon mouth that was a vag. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we could design a t-shirt that was just a vag dragon. I could see that. I could Look see for that in the Scott Cast store. Yeah, we needed like there we go. You need to draw like a dragon mouth that looks like a vagina coming out of the stomach. Mm-hmm. Twenty dollars shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you get to explain to everybody. Speaking of merch, where can people go if they want Scott Cast merch? Oh, if you want Scott Cast merch, all you gotta do is go to thescottcast.com. Thescottcast.com has all your Scott Cast needs, including merch, all our episodes, links to subscribe, and a link to our Patreon, where you can subscribe at four different tiers, including Scott Castigator, Hamtramck Avenger, Gold Members, and the Veeblin. Higher up tiers get weird merch, and every tier gets bonus videos, bonus podcasts, and all sorts of fun shit. Pretty soon, in the Scottcast store available to everybody, we're going to release the 2020 version of our Scottcast bikini. Hmm. What's it going to be? Is it going to be fan favorite Ian Dixon's face all over it? (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) That's what he says. So go on and check thescottcast.com and see all that fun crap we have available for you. Mostly just listen to more episodes and subscribe and send us an email bag or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, somebody, uh, one of our listeners came up to me, Travis, good guy, Travis, good mm-hmm. friend. Um, and... He was telling me, I'm listening, and I'm, I'm listening to Blanche, and I swear I'm going to buy something soon. I'm going to buy something soon. I know we pressure people to buy all the time, but you don't have to buy stuff or contribute financially. What we really need is the email bags, yeah. the voicemail bags, them likes and them shares, all that kind of stuff. That's the what really feels bad. stars and the, the one-sentence description. That's what uh, yeah. our friend at the Astronomicon said. Yeah, and he did. He left that review. He listened to the pod, listened through it, made a joke about one of our, uh, about me saying podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave us five stars, Ming Chen. Yeah. So if Ming Chen thinks we're a five-star podcast, he's a podcast aficionado if I've ever seen one. Mm-hmm. Well, that's of course true then. It must be. It must be. That's how we roll here on Scottcast. But uh, it's not a podcast that you can, can listen to with the family. Yeah, definitely not. You know, we say a lot of I weird stuff. I feel like my <laughs> parents have like asked me about it before. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> just this thing I do with my friends sometimes. But I'm not like trying to have them listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I was worried when, uh, when, when my family Yeah, check listens. out episode one, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me talk about this little movie called Necromantic. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's not something that you really play on speakerphone or Mm -hmm. you you share with people. And it's just kind of by road of the way we have conversations, you know? Yeah. Maybe we're a little twisted. Maybe we're a little wackadoodle. And that's just how we get our steam out, you know? But so... And that's just it. I don't like being in public, probably for that reason. Like mm-hmm. when I'm in public, in mixed company particularly, 
Like, I'm going to bite my tongue and just kind of let the evening pass and go home. And then, like, as soon as I close the door, just start a string of nonsense. Yeah. And let it out because I don't want to. I don't want people to overhear or eavesdrop. I'm not an eavesdrop kind of guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be prepared to listen to me. That's why this it's called Scottcast for this first hundred episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, you wrote to me mm-hmm. talking a little bit about this subject, fictional exposition in public areas. That's that that was the keyword you used. Yes. Yes. Um. So that really came about because. I was watching uh, Mr. Robot. What's that? It's a TV series. Bron and I have been kind of binging. Um, it's about like this hacker kid who's, it's really complicated. Um, basically, he's like computer genius, um, but he's also definitely got some mental health issues, probably either schizophrenic or like, uh, I don't know if it's multiple personality, but he sees his dead dad and sometimes he is his dead dad, like it. His personality takes over, and um, he's kind of doing all these hacks to bring down the uh, like the uh, economic infrastructure of society because he's he's mega hacker. Yeah. With- so anyway, they're they're like he's kind of communicating with like his his group, um, and they're always on the subway. They're like in a public place and talking about like oh, so and so got killed, or oh, we gotta do this thing, and it's like. That happens a lot in movies, I feel like. People, like, discuss their evil plans in like, oh, very public spaces. Oh, okay. And, like, I wonder how often that happens on, like, public transit and people just kind of ignore it. Or if, like, there was a conversation we could have on, like, the queue line that would get us arrested. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, a lot of these expositional scenarios, you just get arrested. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure in real life, most people aren't taking the queue line. <laughs> True. On their way between robberies or something. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, I mean, in the subway scenes that they shoot, it's pretty deserted. So it's not like there's a lot of standbys and standard standbyers, standers by. However, you would say that. What would you? What would you do? You're in a subway. Maybe you're in New York or mm-hmm. something. That's what I'm saying. You probably see a lot of shit on the subway. Yeah, you'd see a lot of shit. But this is what you're hearing. You're hearing somebody being like, "I'm going to hack into the U.S. government." And and uh, really destroy the power infrastructure. And then you hear another person going, no, don't do that. <laughs> He's going, why not? And she's like, because it's not nice, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to Are you gonna stop, step in and be like, I, I, I support this lady here who's telling you not to do this terrorist act. Mm-hmm. Or, or are you just going to think that there are a couple crazies, you know? I think way? that would be my assumption. Was that- yeah. This person's crazy. They don't have the capability to actually do that. But I don't know. It's just some guy I saw on the subway or on the bus or whatever. So, yeah, at what point would you step in? I mean, could we test this? Could we uh, Could we go on the queue line where there's, like, maybe one other person at yeah. any given time? Wear and like, a wire and see what just, happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scott cast undercover. Oh, my God. I don't know. I, I don't really have the... I don't really have the... I don't really have the what's it what's it called the the, the character for mm. for taking down perps. <laughs> we already know this. <laughs> yeah, got to get some Hamtramck Avengers on the case. I mean, I can spot some perps, and I think that's just it. It's like you know, it, it all depends on your love, your willingness to 
get involved with whatever crap you're hearing. Mm-hmm. You know, like if someone's planning like some sort of imminent attack and and like they're wearing a vest and somehow they're like strapped with bombs and also they're running public transport to the idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I suppose some tackling should get done. Some Hamtramck Avengers should show up. God damn it. There you go. <laughs> it's hard to find sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the Hamtramck Avengers could show up and destroy them. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just don't think people talk out loud about their evil plans as much as they do in the movies. Mm. Right? Almost all exposition in movies is completely useless. Yeah. Like, I'm writing the Hamtramck Avengers little serial right now, and it's all exposition. So, it's all in some completely fictional fantasy world where people talk exposition all the time. Well, I guess that's more necessary when we're doing radio comics. Exactly. But <laughs> to say, like, this transcript is is somewhat similar to real life, it's just folly. Just don't even think about it that yeah. way, you know? And, like, movies are the same way. I know they got all that flash and pizzazz and... Gritty reboots are the thing, but mm. none of them are realistic in any way whatsoever. Like, maybe, maybe I'd stop a crime on the queue line if I heard someone talking about it. But <laughs> I think both of those things by themselves are very rare. Mm. Add them together, we're talking moonshot. Yeah. You have any good uh, public transit stories? You ever ridden a D-dot bus or... No. Seen some shit. Never seen no shit. Mm. No. I stay off the public transit. Mm. I haven't been on public transit since uh since I was in Seattle, of all places. They have a bus system there. Mm-hmm. I'd ride a, I'd ride the bus around, but not here. Yeah. No. It's kind of a bad transit system around here, isn't it? Like that like just bad like It's uh, not very efficient. Badly designed. Yes. Yeah. Like on purpose because kickbacks to the auto industry. Well, and because the suburbs don't really want to be connected to the city. Mm. I think that the idea for the key line initially was that it would go all the way to Pontiac. Yeah. And it was supposed to be like speed rail, I thought. Like pretty quick suburbs to city. That's what would be good. And it's that like would be nice. 30 miles per hour maximum speed. And <laughs> is the worst it's thing. so bad. Two, it, two miles. It just connects Hopcat. To, <laughs> to the Quicken building. It's, it's <laughs> That's the worst. all it is. It's so useless. <laughs> like, just, yeah, it's like two, three miles, right? It's like Not two even. miles. Yeah. Yeah. Walking, Total, walking distance. You can walk faster than it goes. Yeah, in the it's, most walkable part yeah. of Detroit these days. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> the worst idea in the world. That's who we should be stopping. <laughs> we should have stopped the queue line designers from like well, don't even get our hopes up about this whole public transit in Detroit thing. I mean, there's bus lines that run the same route plus some, and they're a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So, yep, queue line, queue line. <laughs> That's the real news here. <laughs> we should go on the queue line and talk loudly about how we're gonna blow up the queue line. No. And see if anyone gives a fuck. <laughs> They'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were riding it and they hate it. <laughs> like we go on the queue line and it's just uh it's just like Mike Dugan congratulating himself. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, huh, Gilbert? <laughs> Talking on his phone. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's really good, Dugan. It's really nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think I don't think we're gonna do anything with the Q line. I don't think I don't think the Q line is gonna be the source of any crime narratives. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, I really, I think it would be fun to wear a wire, go around Detroit Mm -hmm. to do that, you know, see just the Scottcast undercover, Mm -hmm. but I implore that we don't stay on the queue line and do it. (laughs) Yeah. It's got to be the most boring thing in the entire, well, maybe though, now that I'm thinking about it, like it would pretty much be like potting from here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The seclusion and. Just, it's like sounds of the bus in the city in the background. Mm-hmm. Oops. Yeah, it's appropriate. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we're not going to, we're probably not going to do that because odds are we're going to die soon. Yep. I always That's thought, I, hear. I thought, I thought you had it nail on the head that the sun was going to scorch us all alive mm-hmm. and that the sun was our problem. But turns out there's another star hurtling towards our solar system, and there's a very small chance that uh, it will rip um, Earth out of our out of its uh, orbit mm. and send us hurtling into the cold darkness of space in an almost instantaneous death. Yeah, as long as it's almost instantaneous. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll have time to suffer. Yeah, well, <laughs> for a bit, <laughs> I think, and probably a cool light show at the very least. It's it's very small chances they're saying. Yeah. They're saying it's a. They're saying it's going to be only if like a star passes between Jupiter and the Sun, will our Earth be flung out of orbit. Well, that seems pretty unlikely. That would burn us alive before we got out of orbit, wouldn't it? I don't know. I mean, the galaxy would have pretty to be big. a really small star to not. Like, just incinerate us that close? No, I think you could do it. I think you could do it. Mm. Like, uh, have you seen, like, the scale of mine? I think you could fit a you could fit a sun or a star or something like that between here and Jupiter. But just being so close, like, the heat of it would kill us pretty fast. I don't know, because Jupiter's far away. It's much farther than the sun is to us. True. So, if it just, like, ran into Jupiter. <laughs> but, I mean, think about two suns. And us being in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Either way, we're not gonna... Point is, there's a chance it's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe oh, we don't survive there. should have got that birthday discount on life insurance. Right? <laughs> Your family will be taken care of as we're hurtled into space. <laughs> that would be amazing. We're being sent into space and the life insurance agent shows up in a space suit. It's like, take my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Takes your family, leaves you to die. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. The final destiny. Yes. <laughs> Just left, left burning. But this is one of the one of the few um, Armageddon scenarios that Scott Cassidy is poorly equipped. So I'm beginning to think Scott Cassidy is not a good idea. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <clears throat> Like, we've built a big mythos around um, digging a giant underground city, living in it, living by the rules of the podcast, allowing me to be pod king, ruling overall. We mm-hmm. built a little government structure. Ian got some um, power, you know? Mm-hmm. 
a lot of it was good, but like I'm starting to think odds are we're going to die by something else besides the thing it's built to design against, defend against. Uh, we are inside that uh, two minute to midnight window, aren't we? Yeah. There's a million things that could wipe us out. 90 seconds to midnight. Anything yeah. could wipe us out. Not to mention... Where's this star coming from? Because I feel like, I mean, that would be awful if it if it did whip us out of our, our orbit. But I feel like all the stars are kind of accounted for in our radius. Like at the least. closest one is hundreds of light years or hundreds of thousands of light years away, probably. Right. I mean, this is just a futurism article that I was mm. reading. It didn't really provide any details as to what star, but yeah. they were like, look, it's possible. It might happen. I mean, maybe, but you know, we don't have to worry about that in our lifetime, probably. Maybe not. Maybe I we think do. there's other more immediate uh, apocalypse scenarios that we should be thinking about. Yeah. Like coronavirus. Yes, that's a that's that's a great. I don't know if that's an apocalypse scenario, but it's not a, a good. It's not a good situation. No, it's not. <laughs> There's a disease being spread around. Everybody's mm-hmm. heard about it. People are buying masks. People are buying all sorts of stuff. There's this board game that we like to play um, at Ian's house called Pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's a cooperative game where you're pretty much fighting against this exact scenario. Yeah, and we've never won. The virus always wins. At least in my my playing of it. I've won in some playings of it, but yeah, I think the times that we've played together, we've mm-hmm. failed. Yeah, so <laughs> Scott Cass is uniquely unsuited to fight a pandemic like coronavirus. And also, it's like the mechanics of the game is like you move to a space where there's lots of disease and you cure it. <laughs> 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 Maybe we're in a little more complicated situation in, in reality here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, we couldn't fucking beat it. <laughs> It's like we went right to the disease and breathed it all in and we still died. <laughs> I don't get it. So that board game's poorly designed and mm. it seems like something that uh it seems like something that people would uh try to train themselves with, but they shouldn't. Yeah. It's, it purports to be able to ah, fuck it. <laughs> That's a stupid thought. <laughs> kind of some magical thinking going on. Yeah. With the uh, the board game, not a good way to train our health professionals. No, yeah, no, no. But there are some uh, some uh, publications by the CDC about how to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite one was about uh, the masks and how facial hair can uh, interfere with those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I saw that, and it had yeah. a very extensive library of facial hairstyles yeah ranging from like like the lumberjack to the zappa i loved the zappa the zappa was good i was so happy they included the zappa (laughs) yeah so this chart Mm -hmm. um lists all these facial hairstyles and is like this is good with the mask this uh takes the point of the mask away right you know and basically you just need that mask to be seal you want yeah skin contact yeah so Throughout I, the perimeter. I'm not in a good place right now because I've just been beard. too lazy to shave and yeah. But I'm not going to wear a mask anyway. No, not <laughs> not of that ilk. I mean, you're you're hanging out with kids all day. I know they're so, filthy. Yeah, I, uh, I heard that. I should uh, the more we talk today, the mm-hmm. more I'm thinking I should have bought in on that birthday <laughs> discount. <laughs> I'm taking a lot of risks with my health that you are, or maybe unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, I heard that um, 
kids particularly won't get coronavirus, mm. which means maybe there'd be carriers. You know, they they won't exhibit the symptoms, but they'll carry it and pass it to you without your knowledge. And then all of a sudden, you and all and Scott Cast are sick and dead. Yeah. Well, I think I'm unlikely to die from it. I think it's kind of like flu in that the very young or the very old are the most likely to die. Mm-hmm. Like, you can probably survive it. It'll be unpleasant, but it's like the flu. Like, lots of people die from the flu every year. Mm-hmm. Most of the people who get the flu, it's not going to be terminal. But if you have other health conditions going on, or if you're like, again, like those vulnerable populations at the start or end of the life, the natural life cycle, you're kind of immune, not immune compromised, but uh, your immune system's not as strong as like that middle of the bell curve. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. And you know who I really feel bad about in this whole situation besides mm. all the sick and dead people? Mm. Corona beer. Yeah. They've had a hard time with it. Yeah, they've lost hundreds of millions of dollars um, over this because people are just relating the coronavirus to Corona beer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just sad. But I had an idea, mm-hmm. a little idea for the future. Yeah, you know, like I believe in the future, companies are going to start uh, funding disease research groups so that when a new virus comes up. Um, they get the chance to name it. Mm-hmm. And they're going to name it after their competition. <laughs> <laughs> Coke's going to do the Pepsi virus, you know? Mm-hmm. We're going to have a Tostitos virus. Ford's going to do Toyota virus. So you're saying we should rename coronavirus like uh, Dos Equis? <laughs> if Corona should, try to <laughs> try to pay into that. Yeah. And like we'd do Scott Bradley virus from Scott Cass. <laughs> yeah. They're Scott Cass. The other Scott cast, <laughs> you know, that's just how it would go. Mm-hmm. So, put that in your Nostradamus chart of Scott. Ding. <laughs> oh shit! So, I mean, there's a. That's about it for the podcast today. Yeah, that's about what we got going on for y'all. You know, a nice little little jaunt through Ian Dixon's mind. Mm-hmm. A little jaunt through. Uh, Different scenarios where we may have died, where we may day die, day. Oh, oof! Mm-hmm. You're doing your. Uh, you should if you're going to be doing the phonetic psychoanalysis of your dreams, you'd have a field day with all the ways I mispronounce common words. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this guy. I mean, he seems to be have linguistic misfirings every three seconds. <laughs> it's like his mind is melding together into one podbot. I think I'm mid transition. I'm metamorphizing. Yeah. So what did we learn today? Oh Jesus, what did we learn? Let's 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 go to the pirate ship of um self erudition and, and and figure out exact wait, wait. Before we figure out exactly what we learned today on the pirate ship of self erudition, I actually prepared something that I wanted to put in the beginning of this podcast. Mm. But uh we forgot about until now. <laughs> we forgot about until now. And uh we'll see if it was prophetic enough. Okay. I made a little song mm. uh, using this app I've got mm. called Raptune. Okay. Um, about s- what we potted about today. Okay. So let's see if it's good. Let's see if it's accurate. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Hello, welcome to the super, the super, the super, the super.
Hello and welcome to the super colorful original tile that communicated transmission of the wise known as Scott Cast. Couldn't sit shut your ass down. Listen to fan favorite Ian Dixon in Cold Kitchen. Get real. We got email back. We got birthday life insurance. Chat. <laughs> Butthead. Dark dreams and fictional exposition in public areas. Are you hard to master Charles? Sir Charles? Sir Charles? Hello and welcome to. And that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I just yelled into my phone before you showed up. And then it generates a. Okay. Generates everything else and puts in, makes it pretend it's rapping. Mm. It kind of worked. Almost. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I wasn't at the top of the show. Yeah. Well. <laughs> there we go. So now mm-hmm. join me, Ian Dixon, as we go to the Pirate Ship of South Air edition and ask ourselves, what did we learn today? Ah, mm, it's nice out here in the sea, on this pirate ship in Sunningham Tramick. Well, we talked a lot about uh, archetypes. Did we? In the beginning, we did. Oh, okay. Cannibalism isn't mm-hmm. illegal in Idaho. No, except in Idaho. It is illegal in Idaho, so we learned that. Yeah. Don't do that in Idaho. Anywhere else, though, it's fine. Anywhere else, though, as long as you get around everything else. I think we learned that I should buy life insurance. Yeah, I think you. your <laughs> first thought was don't buy life insurance, and yeah. then throughout the pod... I realized that my death is... I mean, everyone's going to die, but... But your death is imminent. Mine seems, yeah. Yeah. A little more... Uh, should be a little more hasty than perhaps. There's no way we're going to survive being flung out into space, coronavirus... Or um, a Vag dragon, should they uh, appear in Maybe real life? Maybe some angry chads are going to come after me and beat me up. <laughs> Probably. There's, how many chads did I say? There's 229,000 chads and you call them all hair-lipped morons? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, if I was a chad, I'd be there beating the shit out of you. Yeah. But uh, I'm not... So I guess that's what we learned today. Oh, and David thinks we're going to do a food cast on episode 100. Oh, yeah. And I've got a... Now I'm feuding with him because he tried to exert control of my pod when it was still called Scottcast. Mm-hmm. And we learned that Feudcast 100 might have extremely high stakes. Mm-hmm. And that far from Ian Dixon being the sure winner of the Scottcast 100, he may throw it. Specifically not to win it. Yes. And the prize, the coveted prize of the kingship. Not really into monarchies. Not really into monarchy. I am. Yeah. I like a good monarchy. Mm-hmm. I like a good monarchy system. I like the king archetype mm-hmm. as a thing. Why not? You know, pod king. So, that's what we learned on Skycast today. You can be the pod king and I'll be your vag dragon. Yes, you'll be my badge dragon defending the kingdom. (laughs) Excellent. All right, Ian Dixon. Lone Wolf of the podcast. What do you say? Uh, All hail Scottcast. Glory be to Scottcast. See you later, Scottcast, the Gators. That was my line. Oh.
What did I say? It's from the... Uh, from, from all of... Oh, yes, from the super colorful version of the Mechanization Dragon version of the version of Skycast. I bid thee adieu. See you later, Skycast Gators. There we go. <laughs> nice.